Welcome to AMI Sites, a podcast that offers you access to thought leaders who can help you expand your entrepreneurial toolbox. Learn from seasoned entrepreneurs who have already walked in your shoes and can help you with your day-to-day business decisions. With your host, Ami Kassar. Ami is the founder and CEO of Multifunding, an advisory company that helps you grow and stay in control of your business. Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with hundreds of lenders across the nation. Joining us today is Jessica Fyakovich. Jessica is the president of Transworld Business Advisors, Rocky Mountain. Jessica built her business brokerage firm from a two-person team to one of the most top firms in the country and has made both the Inc. 5000 and Denver fastest growing businesses for the last three years. Jessica is also the founder of Exit Factor, which teaches business owners how to buy and sell businesses for the most profit in the least amount of time. Our main topic today will focus on how to buy a business, how to sell a business, and the state of the mergers and acquisition market. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show with you. Jessica, tell me everything. (laughs) Everything? What do you want to know? (laughs) How's life? Life is good. Life is crazy. I mean, we were just talking about it, right? So we, we, we do some deals together and we do some work together and the M&A world has been, let's just say interesting over the, the last year, right? There's a lot of changes to it and there's a lot of outside factors affecting it right now. So what do you see happening? So first of all, are there a lot of people out there looking for businesses to buy? Yeah, it's so it's kind of like this interesting crossroads. So I got started in this business in 2013. And I used to say like, my goal was to make buying a business as cool as like launching or founding one. And I I think that finally like turned a corner, more and more people are starting to talk about buying businesses and investing in businesses. But at the same time, we just saw last year and now in 2021 too, where there's incentives from the government to actually, you know, take on an SBA loan to purchase a business. So it's, it's really increased the number of people interested in buying businesses from years ago. I mean, we saw, uh, I think it was like a two and a half times increase in the number of business buyer inquiries we got already through January in 2021. Who are these people? Are they people that lost their jobs? Are they people that are, are they corporate buyers? Like where's all the surge coming from? Yeah, it's a great question. So when I explain um, to business owners, like where the buyer is coming from, there's, there's really four main groups of business buyers. So the first one is like 80% of the buyers and we, we call them individual buyers and they're people that are, um, I also call them like corporate retirees. So they're leaving corporate for one reason or another. It could have been they lost their jobs, which we do see an increase when unemployment goes up. We see an increase in that demographic. But for most of them, it's actually like they hit that 15 or 20 year mark in corporate. They've always dreamed of buying a business, of, of running their own life, and they've decided to make that jump. So that's the majority of business buyers, about 80% of business buyers, at least of small businesses. We also see other small businesses buying each other. We call those strategic buyers. Um, so it'd be like if a competitor bought out another competitor or a vertical or horizontal integration. Um, the third group is private equity, which everybody talks about private equity in, in, in some of the larger deals when you get into the middle market, but it's actually a pretty small group of private equity firms that control that market in the U.S. And then the last group of business buyers is internal buyers. 
So that's like, if someone's in your business, they're a general manager, um, they could be a son or a daughter, somebody already involved in the business that's going to buy it for the next generation or the next iteration. But by and large, 80% of these buyers are people leaving corporate, chasing their dream to be an entrepreneur. Are there businesses out there for them to buy? Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's definitely businesses out there to buy, but there's way more buyers than sellers. Our main office is out of Colorado. We have a couple of different locations, but right now we've got about 250 businesses lift, listed for sale. To give you uh, an idea, we have, I just checked this morning, we have 32,000 active business buyers in Colorado. So, you know, when we talk about economics and whether it's a buyer's or seller's market, it's almost always a seller's market in business sales. But that being said, like buying a business isn't like buying a house, right? There's very specific buyers for specific businesses. It's not like you can change simple little things about a business and make it a perfect fit for hundreds of buyers. You know, if, if, even if we're looking at a competitive process, we just did a property management firm. It was a very competitive process and we had 18 bids on that firm. That's probably the most that we've gotten in the last year. It's usually somewhere between like three to four, but there's businesses to buy, but it is competitive if you're a buyer in the marketplace. So why are people selling today? Are people selling because they're over it and they're just exhausted? Or are people selling it because they've got to, that like they're fire selling? Or are people selling because they see it as an opportunity? Like what, what's the rationale behind the seller's market today? Or is it a little bit of everything? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of everything. I mean, like I, our team, when we talk about it, we do say we're running like two different businesses right now. So we are running a, a distressed business sale business. And unfortunately, like we've, there's winners and losers in this pandemic and some industries just got decimated and in like, and we know those industries, you know, restaurant, hospitality, retail events. And we're, we're seeing those businesses are distressed and they're selling for literally percentages of the assets. Right. So we've got those people that need to sell, right? They just need to get out. Then we have the other side of the market where businesses, some did well through the pandemic, some just maintained, which in this day and age, if like the flat, flat is the new up, right? For 2020. So those people, there's an interesting demographic going on too, because we have to remember that over 50% of small businesses in the US are owned by baby boomers and baby boomers are approaching retirement. So we have a lot of clients that are coming to us and they're saying like, you know, I'm in my sixties. I was through, I went through the dot-com bust. I went through not 11. I went through 2008, 2009, like I'm done. Right. So it's, it's some version of that. I wanted to retire. I'm tired. I'm burnt out. My manager manager left. I don't feel like rebuilding, but it's usually some type of personal reason or personal driver, but we see more of that. I think about 45% of our clients are in that baby boomer demographic. So that's, that's overlaying that with the pandemic and the stress that's been associated with it has really driven people wanting to sell. Interesting. Do you see fundamental distinctions in this other than the distressed businesses? That's sort of understandable, mm -hmm. but do you see distinctions in the sellers who are not distressed today versus say a year ago? You mean like commonalities among the businesses yeah, that are for sale? Patterns, yeah. reasons, or anything like that? I mean, retirement's like the big one, right? And you see it more in certain sectors too, right? We see um, a lot of construction and blue collar businesses, construction trades are controlled by baby boomers. So you see more in that, but retirement's really the overarching one. We see a lot more burnout issues going on too, which I get. 
right? We've, we've all been through a lot as business owners for the last few years, but you know, burnout's a really big one too, but retirement's by far the, the, the largest reason that they're exiting. So Jessica, let's say that someone wants to start thinking about buying a business. Let's say actually it's, you own a business and you say, this is a great time to make an acquisition or expansion or add on or whatever you want to call it. Where did they start? It's a great question. So the first thing I, I say is I start, I would start talking to people that are going to help you in the transaction, right? Because, um, when you're buying a business it's very hard to do it yourself, especially if you're running another business. So to talk to someone like yourself, right. And figuring out, uh, what your leverage possibilities can be, because there are some really great opportunities to leverage SBA financing and other loan programs right now. So you can buy more cash flow. Um, when you're buying a business, it's always a multiple of cash flow, right? So if you're able to leverage and, and borrow some money, you're able to actually get some more cash in your pocket the first year you're in the business. So talk to somebody about what are your lending opportunities and options. And then I'd, I'd also talk to a business broker or an investment banker, depending on what segment of the market you're in. If you're buying something less than 10 million, you're probably 10 million in transaction value, probably talking to a business broker above that, an investment banker, but get an idea of what the market looks like in your sector, your industry, and also your geography and really narrow in your focus. I mentioned it is a competitive market. And so, you know, if you think about our office, get having those 32,000 buyers, um, and, and I say, this is almost like you're selling or marketing yourself. If I have somebody that comes to me and says, Hey, I'm looking for any business anywhere that makes $250,000 a year or more. It's very hard for me as a broker to remember who you are. There's nothing distinctive about that. So as you're able to narrow in your focus of industries that you're interested in or specifics about the business. Like I want a, a, bus a business in, in uh, HVAC that has a really established sales team. Well, now like you, you become like what we call like a most important buyer or premier buyer, because I'm able to remember exactly what you want and, and tag that in my system. Right? So if you have an idea of what is your budget, basically, like where's your funds coming from and then what exactly are you looking for? Those are like the two biggest starting points that I, I see that for most successful buyers. What do you think distinguishes a successful buyer between a buyer that it just doesn't make it? <sighs> I mean, I'm honestly, yeah, today, you know? yeah, you're asking really good questions. I mean, honestly, look, especially if you're a first time buyer, trust the professionals. Like we do this, we do deals for a living, you know, hundreds of deals a year. And, uh, my mentor always says like, you're not going to change the industry. Like your deal will not change it. Right. So I see a lot of business buyers come in and in this mainly is the inexperienced ones and they want to change the process. They don't want to sign an NDA. They want financial documents, uh, before due diligence. Right. And like, you know, I, dirty little secret there there's buyers that get put on lists by business brokers and lenders and attorneys of like don't do deals with these people, right? They're not willing to follow yeah. the process, right? It's like that on our list. How about you? <laughs> yeah. So just trust the professionals. Like, could the, could the process be better? Yes. Right. But it, most of the things are there for a reason. It's mostly to protect the business you're buying. So successful buyers really, they trust their advisors. They work with their team. They trust the process versus the, the ones that aren't able to get a deal done. It, it's like a battle through everything. So, I mean, yeah, just not going to change the industry with your deal. So 
have you seen um, prices or multiples? Have they gone up in the pandemic or have they gone down in the pandemic or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. It really depends on the industry, but more than the industry depends on the business, right? So if you see, like I said, like flat is the new up, right? So if you see a business that did well through the pandemic or even maintained, especially if they were subject to restrictions or regulations, there's a higher demand for that business. So you'll see a higher multiple. So people are really watching like, you know, and, and when this whole thing started, I didn't know how we were going to do valuations. Like, were we going to eliminate 2020 or part of 2020? And now it looks more and more like everyone's still going to consider 2020. There's the expectations aren't going to be as high. Like we're not going to want to see crazy growth or even growth on certain industries. But for those businesses that maintained or did well, you're seeing a higher multiple, right? So the average multiple for small businesses over all time, all industries is 2.01 times seller's discretionary cash flow. So like when if say we take that average business and we say, well, this business got through the pandemic among all this stuff, they were still profitable and they were still flat. Like maybe if that average was 2.01 times, it might be 2.5 times. We're not seeing like a huge bump, but we're seeing a little bit. And then the the distressed businesses, like, yeah, I mean, like I said, they're selling for a percentage of assets. It's really not about a, a multiple of earnings. And then you are seeing certain industries that are in like really high demand, like commercial janitorial is an example is they just killed it during the pandemic. Like if you could, if you think about it, like if you did keep your business open, right, you had to have really intense cleaning standards, right? So all those commercial janitorial companies, especially the ones that were able to offer additional services uh, for COVID, they, they experienced huge growth rates, right? So they're in high demand, their multiples are higher. It's a great time for them to sell, right? <laughs> but yeah, so it's a little bit all over the board, but it, it really comes back to like, you know, what is that, uh, what's that pattern look like for the last three years in the business? And what distinguishes good sellers from bad sellers? Hmm. You know, I think it's the same thing, right? It goes back to like not changing the industry with your deal, right? So I talk a lot about expectations and look, selling a business is not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a long process. Um, you know, the industry average is about eight months, right? From the time you list your business to sale till it closes. Um, there's a lot of people involved and it's kind of a headache sometimes, right? But having good expectations up front of like, this is a long process, right? I'm going to have to give a lot of information to different people. Like the buyer's going to have an intense due diligence process, right? The buyer's banker is going to want to see all of my financial documents because they're loaning them money, right? So having some expectations around timing and what's involved in that. And then some also some expectations about pricing and valuations right now. So, you know, I, and I say this to a lot of people, it's not just like, your broker telling you what the business is worth or even the buyer. There's other people, right? If the buyer's leveraging money, the, the bank's going to do a valuation and an appraisal on what the business is worth, right? And, and there's just some things, you know, it's very hard to get around these days. Like you can't really over appraise a business and expect the bank is going to use that appraisal as well too when they're they're mm -hmm. lending money. And I mean, you see that all the time, right? Oh, if the bank doesn't lie. Yeah. And then like seller financing is another big thing. A, a lot of sellers don't want to do financing and more and more, we actually see banks that are saying, Hey, we would love to see a 10% seller note on this deal. It's not about the money. It's about like, 
the seller having skin in the game. They like nobody wants the seller to just go away on their private island the day after the sale and never answer a buyer's question. They want them to be bought in and helping the buyer be successful long term. Are you representing buyers or sellers or both? We do in our office, we do both. Um, we're usually on one side of the deal or the other, though. So you can have um, a seller's broker, a buyer's broker, you can have something that's called a transaction broker or an intermediary, um, which is just somebody that's kind of in the middle. But we're either on the sell side or the buy side. Have you seen anything disrupting the business brokering business this the last couple of years? Um, not really disruptive. Like when we're looking at technology and things like that, we haven't seen that type of disruption or innovation. Um, obviously, the last year we've dealt with more regulation changes and um, some changes to the SBA programs that really affect our business, right? We do about 60% of our deals are financed by SBA um, products. So the changes in that, that's been beneficial for us, to be honest, but nothing real technology disruptive, I'd say. Got it. Yeah. As you look ahead the next couple of years, what do you, what's your vision for yourself and your growth? <sighs> wow. Really good questions. <laughs> um, you know, one big thing, and you said it in the intro, one big thing that we recently launched is, is our education component of our business. We see way too many people come to us either on the sell side or the buy side, not prepared for a deal. And, and what ends up happening is on the sell side, they usually leave money on the table um, or the deal structure is not as beneficial to them as others, or in the worst case scenario, sometimes the business doesn't sell. And on the buy side, sometimes people get themselves into situations they probably could have negotiated better. So really my focus is that educational side of the business, which is exit factor, where we do online courses and coaching about how do you prepare your business for sale and how do you educate yourself about buying a business? Because it's, it's this thing that happens and it's a big industry. But if you, if you look, if you go to Barnes and Nobles, if people still go to Barnes and Nobles, I think they do. And you look at the business section, there's probably a hundred books on how to start a business. There's probably, you know, another 300 about how to grow or market your business. And there's probably like maybe one about how to sell or how to buy. And that's really what, what my focus is, is because if you have the skill sets as an entrepreneur to navigate this buy and sell process or this, you know, small business M&A, there's a lot of opportunity in the market. So just on a side note, we should talk about, um, we're getting ready. It'll be live by the time this goes live, but we're launching a platform called SBA Ignite, which is our campaign to educate a million business owners about the SBA. Awesome. I love it. And not, I mean, we, we're giving ourselves 30 days to launch this, so it's going to be far from perfect when we launch it, uh, but it's going to get out there. And maybe at some point we can add a piece of the curriculum or a course on that platform about buying or selling a business that you can teach that is another piece of the learning and it's it's a very close family to the sba yeah yeah i love it i love that program i mean that look the sba is a, a huge component of business uh sales and purchases i mean we bought our our we bought our business through sba uh loan programs and it's helped us grow Actually, you guys did our last growth loan for us. So I, it's a huge component and understanding that is a critical piece of being successful in our industry. Awesome. Jessica, any last tidbits for our listeners, words of wisdom and genius that you have so much of? <laughs> I don't know. So much genius. Um, look, if, if you're listening to this podcast, 2021 is, is a crazy 
amazing time to think about buying a business. You know, Ami talks a lot about what's going on with the stimulus plan and, and the options for SBA financing. There is, I told you there's competition, but there's also a lot of opportunity and businesses to buy with this baby boomer, baby boomer demographic. We call it like the seller tsunami. So don't sit on the sidelines. If you've been thinking about becoming an entrepreneur your whole life, like now's the time to do it. And Jessica, is your business a local business or do you represent buyers and sellers everywhere? We represent buyers and sellers across the country. We do have physical offices in um, Denver, Colorado, um, and up and down the Denver metro area. We also have one in downtown Dallas, and this will be the first time I announce this, but we're getting ready to open one in South Las Vegas as well. So, cool. but we do uh, represent people all over the country. But if someone wanted to buy or sell a business in Pennsylvania, you could help them. But <laughs> yes, we could. Awesome. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. You're a wonderful guest. Always so nice to speak to you. And thank you for joining us. And hopefully someday soon, see each other in person. I know, right? Thank you so much, Ami. Thanks for joining us today on Ami Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.